Are you looking for a short, educational, and entertaining podcast your kids can listen to while you cook dinner, fold laundry, or just need a few minutes to yourself? Then check out Mysteries About True Histories by Starglow Media. It's so, so cute. I listened to a few episodes, and when it was over, I was like, dang, that was really fun. It's made by the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and the Netflix show, Brainchild. So these people know what they're doing. As a little background info, every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time, packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning really cool. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and more. So it's perfect for kids ages six and up. There's a new episode every Thursday, each filled with so much laughter that your kids won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Couple Things. With Sean and Andrew. A podcast all about couples. And the things they go through. Today. We sit down with Rachel and Harold Earls. I should say Captain Harold Earls. Uh, he is an army officer and was a commander of the guard at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Which I had a million questions about. Yes. Uh, we will link videos of that down below. The discipline and precision of what these soldiers do is Amazing, jaw-dropping. I'm trying to think of other, other adjectives. Impressive, to say the least. We uh, talked through so many different dynamics of them and their marriage and also raising two young boys with him being an active um, soldier, her being a vlogger and a blogger and having and living their life on the internet while he is serving, which is really cool. Also, if you haven't yet or if you don't know, they just released a new book. Yes, it's called A Higher Calling. It's all about pursuing love, faith, and Mount Everest for a greater purpose. So Harold actually went on this huge journey to climb Mount Everest, and they talk about what that did to their relationship. And uh, they just have a lot of really unique insight. We mm -hmm. talk with a lot of celebrities and musicians about what it's like to go you know, play concerts on the road, yeah. their experience and their separation since he's an army officer is so much greater. The, the, the risks and the stakes are so much higher. Um, but he's also fun fact, U S army airborne ranger qualified, which <laughs> we're excited about because coming up in a couple of days here, we are jumping out of a plane with the golden Knights to help raise money for army families, which is really cool. We're yeah. really excited. And to Sean's credit, she's done a lot of work with military families. And, uh, really it's so easy to forget about the families that are left behind. Like, a lot of focus goes to the soldiers when the families mm -hmm. really pay just as much of a cost. And so we talk about a lot of these things in this episode with Rachel and Harold. Um, we'll link the book down below as well as those videos and their social media information. Check out their YouTube channel. It has over a hundred million views. It's incredible. If you haven't yet, before we get started. Yeah. Give the show a subscription and rating on whatever platform you're listening to. Uh, if you have any questions, concerns, ideas, email us a couple things pod at gmail.com. And let's just go ahead and jump into this one with Rachel and Harold Earls. Yeah. 
Rachel, Harold, thank you so much for joining us today. You guys are coming from Washington, D.C. area, is that right? We are, yeah. Thanks so much for having us on. It's, it's great to meet both of you. I do have to ask, since you're, since you're out there, are we Redskins fans or what's the deal? No, no, get out of here. I'm from Atlanta, so I'm actually a Falcons fan. <laughs> oh, so come on. Four times in four years, so we've yeah. kind of seen all sorts of sports teams. We're moving again in like a month, so. Oh, my, oh gosh. my gosh. And then to explain to people, you're moving, are you moving because of Army? Yeah, so the, because of the Army, so I've been in the Army, graduated from West Point a little over five years ago, and so we've moved literally every single year because yeah. of the Army. Wow. And then you have two babies. Two babies. You have two little boys. Uh, Leo is our oldest one. He's two and a half. And then we have Wyatt, who just turned one. Everyone knows that finding the perfect t-shirt with like the quality and the fit is near impossible. I told you guys that I found Skims while I was pregnant. And now postpartum, I found the best nursing bra known to mankind from Skims. Well, they've outdone themselves again because they now have the perfect t-shirt, especially postpartum with a changing body. I can guarantee you, you won't find a t-shirt like it. I love also that Skims has a fit for everyone from the long t-shirts to the cropped. They truly have like sizes and qualities and styles for every single thing you could want. So the cotton jersey t-shirt is the one that I'm talking about. It is an absolute staple. I feel like I'm reaching for it literally every day, especially nursing with bear. It's breathable and soft and it somehow gets even softer and still holds its shape after every wash. If I could only recommend two of the Skims t-shirts, I would say the cotton jersey t-shirt, which I have in mineral, or the boyfriend t-shirt, literally in any color, are probably my two favorite t-shirts that they make. Shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small to 4X. After you place your order, select podcast in the drop down menu, select couple things to let them know we sent you. Have a good one. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. He's like walking around and everything yeah. is awesome. We actually got our fingers crossed. They're downstairs with grandma right now. So <laughs> oh gosh. Pray, praying they are good. <laughs> say, our seven month old is downstairs with grandma too. So yes. same situation. Yeah. Fingers crossed. We get it's it. funny um, for some of our, uh, for some of our news interviews we had, we're like debating, like, should we let the dogs babysit the two year old and try to run up here <laughs> yeah. real quick and do like the five minute interview and then run downstairs. We've tried a couple times of doing interviews where like my mom wasn't here holding right. Drew and it either goes so incredibly well or <laughs> it goes so incredibly not well. We've had to cancel some <laughs> interviews last minute because like the only yeah. thing worse than canceling an interview is when you're holding a child Excuse me, can you say that again? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So true. We had an ABC uh, news interview. This was last week and Leo, our two-year-old is downstairs and he's like, mommy mommy we're oh just like gosh. oh my gosh like oh just kind of rock the interviews we hear yeah. a child in the background <laughs> so yeah. much stress oh. i'm curious when did you guys start you guys have been on the youtube scene for a while when yeah. did you guys start that and why did you start it yeah good question so i started in 2014 um i was a year ahead of harold in school and so i had already graduated we were engaged and I was actually in a really tricky point in my life because I knew I'd be moving soon once we got married. Um, and I felt like I didn't want to lie to any employer that I'd be leaving. And so I just wasn't really finding fulfillment in what I was doing. And Harold actually brought it up to me because <laughs> when we were together, we were long distance dating. I would always pull up my phone and just start talking to it and telling about our adventure and so he brought up youtube and was like hey you should try it and so i was like okay and that night i 
made my first video, posted it. It kind of went a little bit crazy in the West Point sphere. Not in a good way. Not in a good way. Like I got bashed. Like literally, yeah, people. Yeah, so we, we talk about it in our book. So I'm sitting in my barracks room. I'm, I'm a cadet at West Point at the time. And these two cadets like knock on my door and they're like, are you Harold Earls? And I'm like, uh, yeah. And they just burst out laughing and walk away. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? And so I end up waking up the next day, going to class. And as I'm walking down the hallway, there's like classes on both sides and instructors had her video up playing to the entire classroom, like the multiple times. What? I could hear her voice yeah. throughout the hallway. It was crazy. So I, I know for us, it was like, I mean, I got a lot of, you know, bad heat in regards to the cadet world, but I think for you, it just really like empowered you and showed like, man, like you can have a voice and you can make yeah. a difference. Cause there's a lot of girls that really were like, man, this is awesome. You know? Yeah. So the video was signs you're dating a West Point cadet. So that's why people were giving me heat about it. But the girlfriends were like, oh my gosh, like I relate mm. to this, you know, that they don't have that voice. And so it, it did empower me. I was like, well, shoot, I'm going to keep going then. <laughs> and it kind of took off from there. And then when we got married and I just brought him into it with me. <laughs> Okay, we're gonna have to link that video down. In oh videos. gosh! Oh no, no, no! <laughs> we're gonna relive it all. It's so embarrassing. We'll yeah, we'll just rip the scab <laughs> off. Yeah. Yeah. Sure it, it never goes away. I do have to say though, there's something so embarrassing about the first YouTube video. Yes. We go back and look at ours, and we're like, "What were we doing?" Yeah, it's pretty bad. We'll link ours too. Just <laughs> yeah, <so you're> right. <laughs> no. Um, it is interesting, you know. I, I've experienced that same kind of shame in some sense uh, in the football locker room. It's like, you know, mm -hmm. you kind of have this, there's this aura of like, I don't know. You just have, you just have people who there's like a demeanor hundred percent point world in the football locker room. And then you make YouTube videos and they're like, what are you trying to do here? <laughs> Dude, So, so true, man. So like me, it's like, yeah. I'm in the army. So it's like, yeah. and me at work is like, so I'm currently the commander of the guard. Right. And it's like me at work is like serious Harold, you know, it's like, I have right. to be, it's like, it's my job to be in charge, but then it's like, they go and watch my life. And it's like me, like, you know, being, you know, being silly, silly with a two year old. And so that was like something that I had to like get over was like, I can still be serious and driven and passionate and love to lead, but also have a family and share that personal side too. So there's a good bit of humility that goes into that Harold. So I really respect that. Um, I would love, could you explain what you do for those who don't know? Yeah, for sure. So I am the commander of the guard at the tomb of the unknown soldier. So we were tasked by Congress about 82 years ago to maintain the highest standards and tradition of the United States army and this nation. And so essentially we guard the tomb of the unknown soldier 24 hours a day. We, it was funny. We literally went down a massive rabbit hole about four weeks ago, watching mm. every single video we could find about you guys, about oh. like oh. your guys' relationship, but then also uh, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. And Neat. it's the most fascinating, most fascinating and like patriotic and just respectful. I don't know. Yeah, you low-key just kind of slid in under the radar, like maintain the highest standards and traditions of the United States of America. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> That's, huge. That's huge. That's a big deal, man. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I tell you, uh, you talk about like most patriotic place. That has been a place, especially I think right now with what we're going through in yeah. this country, mm -hmm. to be able to see, quite frankly, the very best of this country at a time when we absolutely need reminding what our best mm -hmm. looks like, right? Like we mm -hmm. see you know, we saw every day a World War II veteran show up, right? And during TAPS, when TAPS is played, that World War II veteran will stand up slowly just to salute. Like, there's things that will bring you to tears. And, like, 
it makes chills. me mm-hmm. so proud so proud in our country you know what i mean like there is still good in this country mm. you're about to get me all fired up too <laughs> I, I know i i want to go down a different path um i would probably shouldn't do that on this interview but um uh i am curious with your job and i feel like between the army and youtube it like you said it's two very very different worlds yeah is that hard on your relationship to separate that um oh wow great question yeah, that's a good um, question it definitely is taxing for sure because i know for me like maintain the highest standards of attrition in the united states army in this nation like when i'm at work it's like i am like i mean we are at work like we are working very very hard our team is um and then to come home and it's like oh we're gonna make a youtube video yeah, then we're gonna do this oh we're writing mm-hmm. a book by the way so mm-hmm. i would just say that it can become very difficult on you just emotionally draining which then obviously any, anytime there's emotional draining that's when relationships are more prone to um, you know, be short with each other, get in arguments with each other. Yeah. That's something we've honestly had to work at. And we, we failed for a while was through this book writing process. Like, man, it has been a difficult journey Challenging. Uh, just to, just to write and pour your heart into that and relive those moments. Um, you know, then to not be butting heads with each other just cause we're so mentally drained. Yeah. I think mm. even for our own community, they don't see it quite as much because we just show our home life. You know, he wakes mm-hmm. up at four in the morning and goes to work and comes home. It could be like six, seven o'clock. And then we <laughs> vlog for the day and then, mm. you know, the behind the scenes stuff of writing a book and whatnot. So it's a lot of just extra work that goes on. Yeah. So funny behind the scenes, our pregnancy announcement, the last one we did, um, went like totally viral on YouTube has like 12 million views, but before that, the oh, drive yeah. home. <laughs> oh my so I was, I was a scout and sniper platoon leader before this. And the drive home was a very long day, hard day of training. And I knew that we had, we had another video planned and it was like a big video. And I was driving home. It's like an 11 minute drive. And in my head, I'm listening to like meditation music. I'm like, just get your mind right. Just get your mind right. Oh, no. Terrible day at work. But it's like, I got to find a way to like compartmentalize that and then bring it back, you know, in the home. Life, and little so. did he know I was going to tell him I was pregnant. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, What better way to alleviate the stress that you already have in your daily life than to <laughs> just decide to go climb Everest. Yeah, right. yeah. So, yeah exactly. Let's talk about your book for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, for would, sure. I would love to hear why you guys decided to write the book, why you decided to, to take mm. the trip and, and do the climb. And then Rachel, how can I, what are some tips that you can give me as a husband to convince my wife to go on an epic adventure like that? I'm really hey, Andrew, I'm right there with you, brother. You let me know. We'll go to the Arctic Circle. We'll do something cool, you know? <laughs> yeah. Man, uh, yeah, so many good questions. So I think the why um, behind Everest. I'll start with the whole yeah. beginning, the nexus of all of it. So mm-hmm. I was a cadet at West Point. I remember sitting in my barracks room. And so it was late one night and I had my journal open and I was writing down my bucket list, all those epic things of Arctic Circle to the Maasai tribe, some really cool things. But at the top was climbing Mount Everest. And for me, I started thinking, when could I do this? And I realized it would be right after graduating from West Point. Um, and quite frankly, I mean, honestly, ashamedly now, that pursuit of Everest and that dream was a personal dream, right? It was out of a self-interest. I want to climb Mount Everest. Um, just for me, I, I don't like the cold. I'm from Georgia and I don't like running hills. So I wanted to put myself in that environment. Um, but it was very selfish, right? Knowing that I'm getting married less than a year later. Um, and so I think what's beautiful is how God can take that dream that you have and manifest it into something so much greater than you can never see, right? So that's the whole premise of our title of the book, A Higher Calling, is that God took that dream 
Um, and we ended up climbing and raising awareness for post-traumatic stress and soldier mental health and reaching a lot of people uh, for good through the original self-interest pursuit. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I'm really big on the concept. Um, I grew up in the conservative Christian realm and I feel like there's this underlying pressure to all kind of conform to like speak the same lingo and to go to the same events mm. and to, yeah. you know, yeah. hang out with the certain groups of people and like go to exactly. the coffee shops, whatever. But as I've gotten older, like I just realize the, the Bible verse talks about, you know, the different parts of the body of Christ. And yeah. it's like, we're, we're each given unique talents, skills, and gifts. And it's like a shame if we don't actually pursue those. So I don't know, like, I, I know it's, it's, you pitched it as kind of a self-interest thing, but I truly believe like, Hey, you know what? You had that desire for a reason. And I think, I think it, through those desires that we're given, you can make amazing things happen. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sean and I have been open about our journey with marriage counseling, and it's been really helpful for us. We all carry around different stressors, both big and small, and it's important to sort those out so they don't affect your relationships. I agree, and therapy is such a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. We've been meeting with a therapist individually and as a couple, and it's been a great way to sort through any stressors in the week and have better communication about how we're feeling, which is hard to do when you're busy with kids. BetterHelp is an incredible option if you're thinking of giving therapy a try. It's all online, so it's convenient and flexible with your schedule. It's also nice that you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, so you make sure it's a good fit for you. We would highly recommend trying it out. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash EastFam today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash EastFam. As you did. So. Meet our dogs. Sorry, our dogs are barking. <laughs> anyway, our dog was just doing this in the background. So our mailman comes every <laughs> afternoon on, on cue. Yeah. Hey, honestly, no, I I totally agree, Andrew. I, it's interesting if you look at like your dreams and passions. Like I'm only about forty seven percent sure that God wants me to do something. You know what I mean? It's like I think He may, but it's like I don't know. And that's where it's like I think it's so important to follow the passions that you have, right? Because I I wholeheartedly believe that's God putting that passion in within you. Right. And it's important for you to then just look at God and allow him to guide you along the way. Yeah. We talk about a lot, especially with Harold's drive. I mean, he's pushed me so much in my own dreams and pursuit um, of just a lot of people just wait for doors to be open. Whereas Harold's mm. the type of person, like he's going to go knocking down and try to, you know, door, back door. Yeah, <laughs> everything he can. And, you know, if God doesn't want that to happen, it's going to be pretty clear. Mm. So the, the title of the book is called The Higher Calling, Pursuing Love, Faith, and Mount Everest for a Greater Purpose. Can you talk about how, how you were able to pursue love and faith in that experience? Wow. Both of you? Yeah, so I think um, for... I'm sorry. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's it's faith. It's faith. Somebody's outside. Um, when it comes to love, I mean... Yeah, of course, it's hard to support your spouse when they're going on something that is going to absolutely change your life. I mean, to the point I could have lost him. I could have lost the my future children, like what I've been hoping for and praying for my whole life, you know. Um, but I had to sit back and, and really know my husband, right? Mm -hmm. And and when I said yes, when he proposed to me, I was saying yes to, you know, that life together because I knew who he was. I knew that he had those passions and dreams inside of him. And actually right before he decided on Everest, we were planning on going out to the Maasai tribe in Africa. So it wasn't like this surprising thing that I was like, mm -hmm. oh, that's crazy. Well, what's interesting is so 
I came up with the idea, right? Wrote it down on my list. The next thing was to call my soon-to-be fiance and be like, hey, I plan on climbing Mount Everest. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm from Georgia, no climbing experience. What do you think about that? And I expected, like, pushback. But honestly, I learned a whole new thing about love that I never, never even knew was possible because not only did Rachel say, hey, I support you, she said, how can I come alongside you and make this happen together? How can I run this race alongside you and make it our dream and run together in life? And, and honestly, for me, like I learned so much about her and about what our marriage would ultimately be. It's really been a just cool lesson in life in general for us. Like we are so much stronger when we go at something together. 100%. Like, I mean, we feel that even when we feel like nobody around us is there to support us or encourage us, like we're there for each other. And that's been really powerful. Okay. So for... We watched a bunch of trailers and we saw some glimpses of of what happened. If you could take Everest and sum it up, give our like followers a, a sneak peek into what they'll they'll read about. <laughs> well, first of all, there's a lot that happened. We just paused and looked at each other like, wow. <laughs> well, it's not just about Everest. So it talks yeah. about how we met. It talks about mm-hmm. my journey with YouTube. It talks about. Uh, you know, us getting married and our wedding night and, and stuff like that. Um, and it talks about our journey to our first child as well. So there's definitely that um, dynamic love story. And then, of course, the journey of pursuing your dreams yep. and then just leaning on God during those hard times of uncertainty. Um, and at least for me, being a military spouse, there's so many times that we get put in a time of waiting, you know, waiting for our spouse to come home. Um, and that can lead to resentment to be completely honest, you know, and you have to be aware of that and what you're sacrificing, um, and to choose something greater, say like, well, I want my own story and I'm going to live during this time too, so that it doesn't lead to resentment. Um, and we just hope that our story can be a story that impacts people individually for their own life. Like it's not just about us, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, which is which is the more difficult task, climbing Everest or taking care of two kids? Oh, two kids. Uh, oh, come on. Yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know you got one. I mean, two. Yeah. Woo, goodness. <laughs> I, I am. So, yeah, we, we have a seven-month-old. And um, I have had so many revelations in life and, like, perspective changes, as you know. What was the experience, uh, what was the experience like knowing that, you know, you're leaving your family and the future of whatever Mm -hmm. that might look like. Was there hesitation or was the calling bigger than like the, the resistance, I guess, you know? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I I wish I could say that I had the maturity then to realize what I really was missing, but quite frankly, it it hasn't been until, you know, long time after ever seeing our two-year-old boy that we have downstairs being silly and wild with our one-year-old crawling around as he's on, on my back and I'm acting like a tiger, seeing those moments and the rawness of those moments and seeing what we could have lost, that's when it sets in. You know, quite frankly, then I was just focused on Everest, my dream, my dream, my dream, anything I can to make it happen. Um, so much so, I mean, there's this thing called summit fever and it's where you have a desire so badly to make it to the top it's in it's in very commonly known in the alpine and mountaineering world that you desire so strongly to make it to the top that you'll do anything you'll sacrifice anything and everything in order to make it happen um and quite frankly i was at a point advanced camp we had about twenty thousand feet right before we were going to make our summit push and i got incredibly sick incredibly sick i was throwing up day before we were going to leave and i will never forget having to call rachel on a satellite phone and i just had 
tears in my eyes, tears in my eyes, bawling my eyes out because I didn't think that I could climb. And a little over 12 hours goes by um, and I was feeling a good bit better, but I definitely wasn't hundred percent. I had no way I should have climbed. But for me, it was like, I'm going, like I'm, I'm going for the top. And I mean, I, I took a, a huge risk, huge risk. Um, another point up the mountain, we were at about 27,000 feet. We got hit with a nasty storm. We were really intense part to climb. It was a, a sheer vertical cliff and my, my goggles got knocked off. I had no eye protection at all. I kept going. And like, that is, I mean, just Whoa. crazy. I mean, that's like suicidal almost. Um, especially cause we got hit with about 75 mile an hour winds on the way down. So it was, uh, could have been catastrophic. Right. Um, but I think there's so many truisms to life about, you know, summit fever, right. That you get so fixated on the prize that you don't really realize what you're sacrificing, mm -hmm. you know, in the process. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew's been wanting to climb Everest for years. It was a bucket list item oh. I had for years mm. until friends of mine who had gone and just all of these stories, but gotten within, yeah, we had, we had a friend get within like a hundred yards of the summit mm -hmm. had to turn around. So he did it again wow. and yep. was able to, to summit, but Good it's thing. like, it's uh it's kind of a, a task and goal for quasi insane people. So you and I both. Yeah. Well, that, that was my fear when he called me and he was sick. I was like, Oh my gosh, like I cannot go through this again. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. like this is enough right now. And so as much as in that moment, I was like, okay, well maybe he's not climbing. He's safe. I was like petrified and I, mm -hmm. I almost just wanted him to go. Rachel, you, started to talk about it a little bit earlier, but I feel like you have a really interesting position having gone through Everest where your husband's hiking Everest and then being a military wife. I feel like there's so many different relationship aspects where one or the other, you know, spouse has a career of some kind that yeah. you have to sacrifice for. And I guess the question is, can you, can you speak to that sacrifice because a lot of people see it as a deal breaker when it actually can make relationships like stronger. Yeah, that's really good. I, I felt that, um, in that, in the very beginning, like I mentioned, um, before we were married, I, I was like, oh man, this resentment is starting to come because I have my own dreams and, and I wanted to go far and I knew I could, but, oh, this is kind of like a change of pace for me. Um, and first it took, being honest with my husband about that, you know, like really talking about that. And I'm so thankful that he chose to support me and not just say, Hey, we're not just like following my journey. I want to help you find yours as well. And he came alongside me. So I wouldn't like discount any relationship. Uh, if you're in that situation where like one person, it's very clear that it's going one way and it's going to require sacrifice. It doesn't limit you um, to pursue other things. And so not to just get stuck in that um, because it can be bigger, but of course there is that, that sacrifice. And I think just acknowledging the fact that it can lead to that resentment is why you have to be so open about your communication, right? Cause you don't want that to happen. That can be mm -hmm. detrimental to a relationship. Are there practices that you guys have to, to keep that healthy communication uh, in check? Yeah, I will go back to even at West Point um, in the military, things are so just spur of the moment, right? And you don't get like forewarnings of things. And so for us, it's like any time that he can give me 
any sort of heads up, that's like appreciated on my end. You know, if there's a change of plan, you're not going to be home until two in the morning, like let me know as soon as possible. Um, and then also, I'm so sorry about the dogs. It's okay. <laughs> I'm just like wait until they stop. No, I think, I think it, it's a nice little like background. It actually doesn't sound <laughs> as bad as you think on this yeah. side. Okay. Okay. Just yeah. cue the, who let the dogs out song whenever it happens. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I'm a yeah. one on the Enneagram. So like I critically think about all those things in my head. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think anything that you sacrifice through is an opportunity for growth and that you can like grow together. And, um, I think, it has yeah. done that for us. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, mm. you look at like communication, that's an area that I really, we have grown so much even through this story is communication from the time we were on Everest to the time that we get back. I think that we found for us just with our climbing team, we, uh, we brought sled dogs with us. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So our climbing team, we, we, uh, we decided not to bring cell phone or not to bring like radio communication equipment. We just brought uh, cell phones high up on the mountain, which is disastrous. You know what I mean? Like, why would we ever make that decision to do that? Um, and so therefore when we got hit with a storm, we couldn't communicate at all. And I think there's so many truisms to that. When we get back home, even though Rachel and I are sitting next to each other right now, it doesn't mean that communication is actually taking place. Our grandmother is doing nothing to stop our dogs. <laughs> who would have oh thought it was the dogs and not the kids, honestly? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> or maybe the dogs oh are barking because gosh. of the kids, but we'll never know. I can just see your face right there. It was like, huh. <laughs> what kind of dogs do you have? An Australian cattle dog and an Australian shepherd. So very, oh, pretty. very active. Nice. One. Those are the ones that have the eyes that you like. I love those dogs. Yes. Love them. <laughs> Uh, Harold, I think you were talking about you didn't bring phones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So we made a choice as a climbing team not to bring uh, anything but cell phones high on the mountain. The Russian team told us that we'd have good cell reception up Mount Everest. I don't know why we thought we would. So we only brought <laughs> phones. And we ended up getting hit with this nasty storm. And our team was split up. And we essentially had no way to communicate at all. And we ended up, some of our team made it back down the mountain, but some of our team was still up on the mountain. And I remember I made it back down. I talked to Rachel um, and then I talked to my dad. I called my dad and shared with him, hey, I made it to the summit. I made it back down. We've been climbing for about 36 straight hours. I was really banged up, uh, totally exhausted and depleted. And I'll never forget what my dad told me. Um, he said, sometimes as leaders, son, um, you have to make hard calls. And in this case, you need to go back up the mountain or die trying. And, Whoa. you know, yeah. for me, it's like, I had just talked to my wife on the phone. I had made it, you know what I mean? I had frostbite on my toe. Uh, I was not in good shape. Um, and for me, that was a very much a crucible experience that really just permeated in my mind as far as what is asked of for leaders, right? Whether I was mm -hmm. the expedition leader or not, it was my job, um, you know, not to leave teammates behind. And that's, a point where I feel like I grew tremendously was during that time. And honestly, through the mistakes, you know, that I, that I made. Wow. I remember reading that in the book for the first time. He never told me that story. And so I was reading that conversation with his dad. I just started bawling. I was yeah. like, you didn't even tell me this. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Can you talk about, I mean, so in, you experienced in a, this in the daily life, in your daily life, but the cost of leadership. I feel like, I feel like mm. in the entrepreneur scene these yeah. days, there's like this glorification of leadership and it's like, Oh my gosh, it's so great. And that I want to do that, but there's a heavy cost to it. 
If you could 100%. speak to that a little bit. That's Man, a great question. Wow. We were just talking um, about this. It's lonely, first of all, right? Lonely. Because you are the person that is in charge, right? You are the person that has to make the tough calls. Like you can't be friends with the people that you lead, right? Your job is to make those tough decisions, at least for me in the military sense of, I know that I'm making decisions that impacts their life, right? All the way down to their family. I'll say what has helped me, um, Command Sergeant Major Todd Burnett, he is a mentor of mine, uh, an absolute stud. He was the second in charge at West Point when I was there. And he always said that leadership is boiled down to you have to care that much. And for me, that's something that I've tried to emulate in every part of my life is not just caring about, in our case, the mission, but also caring about the actual soldier, caring about their families, right? Really, truly caring about them at a deeper level other than just, hey, I need you for this one role. Yeah. And just mm-hmm. talking about, like you said, the entrepreneurial space, it is a grind. So I, I, you're yeah. totally right. People do not see that. They see like the victory, the celebration, mm-hmm. like the numbers or whatever. And like, wow, that must be so easy. And that's something we were just talking yeah. about. It's like, no, man, that is a fight every single day. It's a that nice is fight. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> and, and like you're saying, it is, it's lonely. You're like figuring out on your own. You got the world just like, you know, having all their opinions and stuff. So do you guys view uh, the sacrifices that you have to make to support the other person's dreams and desires? Is it like a give and take, like, all right, let's chalk this one up. So Harold did this, Rachel gets to do this next or, or what, is there a way to th- that you guys think about it? We keep a chalkboard down, downstairs. And we just, <laughs> yeah. you know? Everest is like 10. Yeah. Yeah. It's five chalks. Yeah. Five more. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, th- we don't, but I will say, because we're entering a new season of our life where Harold's, you know, been serving in the military for five years and we're about to come out of the military. Um, I is Something I said is, you know, we've been on this for such a while. I want to have some more just like family time before something yeah. else, mm-hmm. you know? And so, yes, there is a little bit of that of like, okay, you know, we need to refocus here just not to wear ourselves out, but just in our day-to-day life to make sure it is that even balance of I'm going to help you with what you're doing, but like also help me with what I'm doing. And I feel like Harold does a really good job showing up for me um, because I feel like his stuff is really just obvious. You know, the military, obviously that requires sacrifice, but when he sees I have a goal, whether it's YouTube or starting another business, he puts in that effort at nighttime, building a website for me um, and helping me strategize. So, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's so interesting when you, when you look at things as far as like supporting each other, um, you know, just looking at, at, at Rachel, like pursuing her dreams and then me pursuing my dreams. I think that we sometimes assume something with the other person. We assume that we know what that other person's dreams are. We assume that we know what they want. That's where I failed. Honestly, it's like, I think I know what she wants. I think I know what she's trying to communicate to me, but when did I ask her, you know, that's where I feel like we learned in this past year, just through writing this book was really just talking to you saying, Hey, talk to me. Like, what are your passions right now? Where are we headed? What are you thinking? Because I think sometimes we think we know our spouse so well that we don't even have to ask them those questions. Oh, something else we've talked about, especially in a relationship, if one of those people is a little bit more driven, a little bit more goal-minded, then it's really easy to get sidetracked and to just follow that person, right? And Mm -hmm. so to slow down a little bit, and that's why I say I'm so thankful for you, and open that conversation to ask, what are your goals and how can I make that happen as well? Yeah. This is a lot of really good stuff. You guys are incredible. Um, Talking about you guys have been in the military five years. 
and you're getting ready to transition out, your guys' life for five years has been military and YouTube and yeah. your routine. Is there something... Does that intimidate you, transitioning out of that? Finding a new routine? Finding a new kind of everyday world? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I'd be lying if it wasn't. I mean, I I have in my professional life, all I have known is the military, right? I was mm -hmm. groomed at West Point to be a leader in the military, right? And then all the leadership experiences that I had, for the most part, came in some form or fashion revolving around the military. Even our daily life and how we lived yeah. our life revolved around the military. Um, so undoubtedly, I think it, it comes with its unknowns. I, mean, I know for us, the beauty in it all is that the thing that drives us is not money. It's never yeah, been money. We don't never. care about that, right? We care about what can we do to make a difference? And I think that that stays true no matter what stage of life we're in. It's just a matter of finding what is that next thing for us that we can continue to make an impact and continue to make a difference. Yeah, and I, I think our side of being in the military, that's not the case for everybody where everyone moves like every year, like we have. Um, so that's kind of prepared us for that. You know, we've been here a little over a year. It's like, oh, it kind of feels like it's time to go now. <laughs> so it actually might be refreshing for us to have a little bit more permanency in our life to create community because um, we want people yeah. like in our real life to be able to be around us as well. I mean, we're yeah. far from family. We don't have help. Like luckily we have a church here that we love, um, but to really get planted, we're excited for that. Can you guys tell the story of how you got engaged? Yeah, sure can. <laughs> Man. So, wow. Yeah, cool. <laughs> we, have a, we have a lot of like surprises in our life. I think we like surprises. Yeah, cool. So I, had this grand plan to surprise Rachel and propose to her. Not sure if you guys saw the video or not. So I came with this idea um, where I reached out to her sorority. She was in Chi Omega at Florida State. And they do these things where they have candle lights. And so it's anytime a girl gets engaged, they like have this little ceremony. They all get in a circle, you know, kind of kumbaya moment. And they pass around the candle. And on the third time, the girl who got engaged blows it out. And that's how all her girlfriends found out that she, you know, got engaged. So she keeps it a secret. Well, I called the president, unbeknownst to Rachel, and scheduled a candlelight for her. And so then when the candle was getting passed around, it went to Rachel, and then I took it out of her hand and then blew out the candle. So, like, froze. I didn't know he was there. He yeah. flew down, hid behind the wall, like, of my sorority, then came up. Everyone is looking at me because they assume it's me because they knew we're in a serious relationship. I'm pissed because I'm like, <laughs> it is not me. Like, it yeah. should well, be me, but it is not. This girl here is all about sweatpants, baggy sweatpants and T-shirts. And like her girlfriend's like, oh, put on like a dress. And she's like, no, no. why would I put on shoes and a dress? I'm wearing like flip-flops and, you know. Like. Yes, they. my friend literally threw her shoes at me. I was like, just put these on. And so, yeah, then he came out and I knew, obviously, and I started crying my eyes. I did. I did screw up one thing though. I. Oh yes, that's so funny. I, I totally screwed this up, man. Guy trying to be smooth always fails. I <laughs> sent her a picture of a picture that morning of me in the locker room with the dudes, like, "Yo, we're in the locker room. Like, good morning." You know, like trying to be sly, like, "Oh, I'm still at West Point." <laughs> and Rachel was like, "Why did he send me a picture of a?" Picture? Like you could tell it was a screen, so like he took it oh, off gosh. his iPad and then he took his phone and took a picture oh. of it. I'm like, what? <laughs> So oh my god! I guess I never knew how to do a screenshot back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm just putting this out there. Um, back on the climbing mountains oh, themes. 
You guys might have a serious to... conversation after this, Sean. Yeah, you better watch out. <laughs> He's going to sign up for Everest tonight. It's my goal to climb Kilimanjaro with Sean. Oh, okay. And so okay. if you That's guys are looking for like a, you know, a quick week trip in and out. Hey. Would, have, cool. would be yeah, happy to cool. have you guys tag along. We don't have anything on the schedule yet. We actually haven't even talked about it. Yeah, just yeah. Now. So we'll have to but talk about it. Start the conversation now. Um, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So two of my favorite questions that we ask every single couple. Um, one of you has to choose who goes first without knowing the questions. So who's that going to be? Ladies first. Oh, come no. on. Oh, yeah. I always do the hard stuff. Okay. It's always interesting. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's always interesting, too, to see how people choose. Because we'll have to do, like, a compilation of that. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Rachel, yeah. what is your biggest pet peeve with Harold? Oh, man. I'd love to tell you I love everything about him. <laughs> but, but Let's end it right there. Lots of pet peeves. <laughs> um, gosh, what is one? Because I, I got a lot. Oh my, I got, I got one of her. Let me just throw it out here. I'm going first on this. <laughs> yes. right? Man, this is my pet peeve. Oh, I know what it is. No, I, I wonder if you do. She do. leaves empty know. food cartons in the pantry. Like it could be like a, a thing oh, of Oreos, yeah. right? She'll, she'll finish them off and then leave the bag empty in the pantry. Yeah, because you can't claim like fault. Absolutely <laughs> yes. What's it mean? And then later on, it's like, who finished the Oreos? What do you it's mean like, they're finished? Oh my There's gosh. nothing more frustrating than pouring a glass of milk and then going in to get the Oreos <laughs> and realize the okay, bag is empty. Wait a second. I, I will say that's not something that I've probably done until about this year, honestly. I really never did that before. And it's because it's, I have two kids. Like, I'm, yeah. like, I'm carrying two kids. I want an Oreo. Oh, no. But like, I'm not going to throw this away. I have two kids in my hand. So. And you also don't want the kids to see. So you're saying yeah. you can so you have you to can... lock yourself in the pantry, eat a quick Oreo, leave it there so the kids don't see you eat it, and then I'm, I'm not just buying confused it, how she can Girls, get I'm an Oreo. And the... <laughs> I'm with you, man. This doesn't add up. If you could pick an Oreo, you could throw the wrapping away. You know, and how do you, you open know? an Oreo bag with one hand? You got to use two hands. So I don't even That's buy the baby. She's using the baby as an excuse right now. A lot of unanswered <laughs> questions here. Rachel. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, I'm not. I can't even think of all my pet peeves that you have. My, my next YouTube video is going to be a, it's going to be a hidden camera of Rachel going in it like late at <laughs> oh night and she like opens the, open the Oreo. Oh, and gosh. Like in there. <laughs> okay. This, this isn't a pet peeve, but it's just something that I thought of that I actually kind of think it's cute is Harold will like talk to himself underneath his breath. Like if he's like thinking about something or he's like read something, he said something, he, I always find him like, yeah, it's that's funny no it's more like if i'm watching like a inspirational movie or something like that and there's like a character on the screen and he's like being this like you know great leader you know like on a horse and i'm like you know kind of like almost like murmuring the words that he's saying like you know i'm the george washington on the horse and i'm just doing it like just watch the movie So why are you talking to yourself? Um, okay, part two of the question. Man, Sean, you got me sweating is, now. I'm literally wiping my forehead over here. I want to find out the pet peeves. I feel like we always open cans of worms when we ask about the pet peeves because then you just start thinking and then it comes back up. Okay, so part two is what do you love the most about each other? Oh, well, <laughs> there's so many things. I think... Harold does a really good job of showing me that he loves me. Like I've never once questioned Mm. his love. Um, And that's like a, just a really powerful thing. I think it's just like a, a natural thing for him. And maybe it's because 
I don't know, maybe because physical touch is his love language, even though it's not mine, but I always feel his love, even from just the way that he mm. looks at me and stuff. So I, I just always feel like, you know, we're in it together and that's a good yeah. feeling to have in a relationship. You know, I don't ever have any questions or doubts about my husband. So. Mm. Yeah. I would say for me, it's, it's interesting. I, you like expect me it's like oh like her beautiful green eyes which i love and her red hair for me it's like i love that she keeps me grounded in everything right like for me it's like i just naturally what am i a three on the internet like i'm like you know the gung-ho let's do it and you know but she'll always speak truth to me in a loving way most of the time she's a one but like i appreciate that and i love that about her and it's so it shows me so much love that she cares for me um and we'll speak that honesty in a loving way because i think that's difficult to do right i think people get it one way or the other they either aren't honest with you mm. and they're just like hey man that's awesome do that right which a lot of friends are naturally right they're the cheerleader or you have the other ones where they're very hypercritical right and i think that we kind of fall on one of those two buckets but i think honestly you do like such a beautiful job of showing me that love but also showing me that honesty and realness and keeping me humble love you <laughs> <laughs> all right so you guys have experienced so many unique uh, things together. I'm curious, what is the greatest piece of advice in regards to a relationship that you've either been given or would mm. give based off of those experiences? Mm. Mm. The first thing I think about um, is about marriage specifically. Uh, and it came from my cousin, actually. Um, and it's just talking about, you have to put your marriage before your children. And that was something that I didn't understand in the beginning. I was like, what do you mean? Like, you know, my, my kids are going to be everything, but really it's what's best for your children, right? They, to see, to grow up seeing what a loving relationship looks like. I'm like, that is so healthy for them. And, and you can give your children the best when you and your spouse are the best together. Mm. Yeah. yeah I, I think it's important. Like I, just like anything from our kids seeing us like holding hands in public, to like dancing in the kitchen to me walking by and giving her a little love tap, you know, it's like, those are love. And that's yeah, it's important to so that. important. Yeah. yeah. For me, I would say is we'd met a month after we met my parents just got a divorce and it was very tough on my sister and I, honestly, um, you know, it, it's anytime a family gets a divorce is very tough. And so I think us seeing that and really forming our relationship with that so formidable at the beginning of our relationship, it really taught us um, that love has to be a choice every single day. Every day. That while you may yeah. be madly in love, you know, from the very beginning, um, you have to constantly choose that every day. Mm -hmm. I have to be intentional with my actions every single day to show her that I love her, right? Um, and, and to choose that. So I think one way to do that, one thing that we've found recently that really helps us is do something for your loved one that is unexpected. It could be something so small, but if you do something that is unexpected, it is huge. Like it, the, for me, like physical touch is like my thing. But if Rachel like walks over and I'm like working, like crushing an email and she just like gives me a kiss on the cheek and is like, I love you. I'm just like, <laughs> that I'm easy. great. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I'm great. You know, like it makes my day. So I think those doing those little things that are unexpected are, are huge for relationships. I know you had to take some, I had a couple of friends that went to West Point and there's the navigation classes. I don't know what the title of it is. Land but navigation? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The similar concept. Good, hey, good thing there's a uh, trail up Kilimanjaro. You may be in trouble, you know? A hundred percent. You can take that GPS class where, yeah. No, but it's- Just walk uh, up. You'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
you know they say on a compass even if you're just one degree off you mm. know as you progress farther mm. and further along it, that makes a huge difference at the yeah. end point and i think it's a similar concept in marriage where it's like if every day you're neglecting or like not paying yeah. attention to your wife the way she wants like you know we all make mistakes we all have tough days where we we have to you know just take care of us first i guess yourself first but 100%. if but if you make it a habit to take care of your spouse, then that mm -hmm. you'll end up at a good spot. So anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a, it. so it's shooting an azimuth is what they call it. So you use your compass to shoot an azimuth and in the military. Right. So when we do land nav, you shoot an azimuth. If you're off by three degrees, only three degrees, which you can't even see when you use your hand three degrees, but over the span of a thousand meters, one click, as we call it, you can be off by hundreds of meters. You wouldn't mm -hmm. even see That's the target crazy. or the point that you were trying to go to. And you're only off by three degrees. Wow. Yeah, so something we talk about a lot is if you feel like you're not receiving love from your spouse, it's probably because you're not showing it, you know? So like, mm. that's something we do when, when we get in like not a good place, it's like, oh, if we want to get back to a good place, I got to show them love, you know? So I got to get out of my mm. own, wherever my head and my feelings are. And I got to show some love then man, right away. He's like, okay, love you too. <laughs> you do got to make sure your heart's in the right place. I will say there's times when I'm like, Hmm, she's not loving me. So, uh, and then like, she sees like right through that, like, Hmm, I'm gonna get some flowers or something, but I'm still pretty ticked off at her. Yeah. You know, it's like for all matter. Anyway. Hey, Harold, Rachel, thank you so much for joining us. Those listening, please check out, uh, their book called the higher calling pursuing love, faith, and Mount Everest for a greater purpose. We'll include all these fun links in the description down below, but it was a pleasure meeting you and thank you for the time. Oh, yeah. we appreciate you guys. Thank you. Fun Bye. hanging out. All right, real quick for all of those listening out there, we don't ask for a lot of favors, I don't think, babe, do we? No. But we're going to ask you a favor today, all right? If you're listening to Couple Things Podcasts on Apple Podcasts specifically, will you please do us this short, quick favor? We want to make sure you're staying up to date with our show, and Apple's latest iOS update has paused downloads for many listeners. And some of you have expressed our latest episodes aren't being recommended to you on Apple Podcasts anymore. So here's how to make sure you're getting your episode. And again, this is for Apple Podcasts specifically. Open up that podcast app on your iPhone. Search Couple Things and tap Our Shows icon. And then in the top right corner, you might see a plus follow symbol. If you do, tap it to resume following the show. If you get a prompt to, quote, turn on automatic downloads, say yes. That way... You'll get all of the episodes. Thank you so much, guys. We're so glad this update was brought to our attention because we want to make sure we're reaching as many of you as we can. Love y'all, and we really appreciate you doing this.